Welcome to another podcast of uh, the Exorcist Podcast. I'm your host, J.P. Haggart. And uh, I have with me again uh, Clay Scott, another exorcist out of Illinois. How are you doing, Clay? Hey, Greg. Uh, all right, I'm glad to be back. Thank ah, you. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show here. <laughs> well, <clears throat> one of the things we want to talk about... Um, uh, we kind of talked, touched based on it uh, last. The last podcast was the paranormal community itself. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the paranormal community because I want to get into helping some people to develop their own tools uh, to help to fight against demons. Um, but well, a couple of days ago, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to begin this. But it's a great example of what happens <coughs> to a lot of folks in the paranormal community and how the paranormal community is. Um, I've faced value. A lot of people are just very nice to each other. And that's that's great. You know, I, I love to go to cons and I love to meet people and talk to people, especially fans and and um, you know, talk to them about Jesus and and my books and that kind of thing, or whatever they want they want to get into. And <clears throat> you know, and I get a lot of people really appreciating. And this is what warms my heart because I know that my job in the paranormal community, what I do is is very stressful. And it was one of the things that uh, my wife and I we worried about me getting back in the paranormal community with uh, me having PTSD that um, it would affect me and so in some ways we decided that I'm just not going to do any of the comments I'm not going to do any of the you know posting stuff up about um, the topics I, I did uh, uh, before um, because the criticism really uh, affected me uh, a lot and um, 
as is difficult to exp- explain. But um, so I'm just not, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be a, a, one of my critics, I'm just not going to ignore you. <clears throat> I don't want anything to do with you. And more than likely, you're my critic because you're not my target audience. So there you go. So don't even bother with me. Um, but on the out, on the inside, the paranormal community is just like a, a roaring lion. I don't know if what your experience, if you have ex- experienced that kind of thing, Clay. Uh. Yeah, um, I have. Uh, I've been told in, in the past that it's funny. I've been told that I'm now put on this blacklist. Like, what? What is this blacklist? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I was blacklisted too. <laughs> I mean, I'm already on a blacklist with the enemy, so I'm sure yours doesn't matter. But yeah. I don't know where this blacklist is, or because I, I am actually under authority of Jesus Christ doing what I'm doing. So <laughs> you go ahead and do whatever you have to do. I remember that. I remember the blacklist. I remember somebody telling me, hey, "Just so you know that you're on the blacklist." I'm like, "What?" I, I and there are other people who are telling me that I was blacklisted, and I'm like, you know, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't care. That just shows that you and I are doing our jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, somebody, somebody up there. But the one thing that with the paranormal, paranormal community, what you say is is that we're all supposed to have the same purpose in helping others. Yeah. And if these teams are going out there and they're mad at each other when they're going out on a case or they're doing it for the wrong reasons, I would suggest don't even go. Because yeah. you're going to be a target for the demon now. And not only are you going to have harm, but you're going to cause the family that you're going to investigate more harm. Mm-hmm. The demon's going to look at being more than a joke. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. and I think, like I was telling you, started to tell you on the last one is, um, you know, when I when I when God first called me into this, and and which which I had a little bit of trouble with at the time because it was like, yeah, I mean, God's talking to me and letting me know this is what I'm going to be doing, and I started questioning in that, mm-hmm. you know, and it was. No, I kept it. Well, do you trust me? I said, yeah, yeah, I, I trust you, but I don't know about dealing with no demons, you know. And uh, um, but uh, to pull forward out of that, that we can talk about it another time. Unless you want me to talk about it now, but uh, when I was oh, go ahead. I got into this, I oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, all right. Well, well, when. You know, God was speaking to me about getting getting into this, and and uh, and when I was questioning him, and was like, I don't know, I don't know where to begin. I don't know what I mean. There's so much out there. I I don't know. I'm reading the Bible, and I'm gonna be doing demonology and casting out demons, and you know, it's probably to the uh, uh, to to the verse to where you don't read. 
That's what we're called to do. You know, we're called to cast out demons. We're supposed to be spreading the gospel. And, and, uh, and it's like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. And, and this kept hearing, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I said, yes, Lord, I, I trust you. And, uh, and then, uh, but it's like, I, I didn't know where to begin. And then it was like, it was just one, two, three, one right, right after another. That's when, uh, God put you into my life to help me to, to get through this. And, uh, and the proper, uh, tools that I needed to do this. And in the meantime, I'm thinking, well, this is cool. I see all these people. You know, these investigators and these other exorcists and, and stuff, and we're all doing this for the same purpose. We're doing this for the ministry and because we love people and we want to help them and we want to, you know, share the gospel. And man, this was like one of the, the paranormal field was one of the biggest backstabbing cutthroat things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, it, nope. Apparently we're not out here for doing this all for the same reason. You have ones want to be better than the other ones, ones that are arguing with the other ones. You have people that that are stabbing other ones in the back. They're fighting with each other. And the one thing spirit on the world that you don't understand is Satan's goal is to divide and conquer. So if he can split you up, so you can't do it, he's going to do it. So you need to be right with God in order to do this. You're not casting out nothing or getting rid of anything if, if you don't have a relationship with God. Amen. You're, you're you know, you're you're not you're not saying anything. You're just going in and you're just being. You're nothing more than a TV show for the thing. If you're not right with God or have or have uh, Jesus as your savior, you're doing absolutely nothing but causing more harm and collecting all of these owls with attachments, which you get a kick out of it, or and stuff. Where you're going into cemeteries and and doing seances, that is just stupid. That is, you don't if you're doing that for just shits and giggles you do not understand the spiritual world and the way that they work and I would advise you to sit down and do some studying open up the Bible because you're dealing with something you're not going to come back from <laughs> exactly um, one of the things that uh, well, first of all the, the paranormal community is just uh, just like the United States is a boiling pot of different different religions and science you know so-called scientific ideas and everything but um, I'm going to give some facts about the paranormal community here soon but let me talk about one thing that happened recently that is just uh, pretty much defines the paranormal community um, a couple of days ago I uh, I claimed it was my cousin Jared, and uh, Jared is an electrician, and he's also a paranormal investigator, and he does things uh, very... I, I trust him and Clay because they're electricians. They know the equipment. They know how the, you know, 
you correct me if I'm wrong, Clay, because I don't really, I don't, I don't get into investigations. Uh, I know you don't either, but um, a tri-field, uh, EMF meter, they know how all those work because they're electricians. And you guys could, you know, know what, exactly what the measurements are and everything. But the thing is about the paranormal community is I hear a lot of people talk about, yeah, we're all about the research. We're all about the paranormal research. Well, I have a master's in theology. I've written a lot of a lot of papers through college. Um, I have two associates. I have a master's in theology. I was working on a bachelor's in business administration. Um, I was uh, working on uh, psychological uh, education. I quit all those. Um, I've took some stuff from MIT, Yale. Um, pretty much, I'm in the financial industry. That's another thing: is you know, you, know, you want to be an exorcist, you can be an exorcist. As a Christian, a lot, of, a lot of the paranormal community teaches. Well, you got to be, a, you got to have a church. You got to have a ministry. You got to be a Catholic priest or something like that, and have a lot of education. No, you don't. As long as you are educating or have some sort of, um, uh, you know, exquireship or you're learning underneath of an exorcist, all you can. And then when you feel confident enough, strong enough to be able to do, go on your own, more power to you. Um, like Clay, he's a full-time electrician. And his ministry on the side is his deliverance ministry. I am, I was, when at my career, I was in the printing industry. And uh, now I've, I've switched careers. I'm in the financial industry now. I do that full time. Uh, my ministry on the side is deliverance. You know, we don't do this st- stuff full time. It's in our own spare time. We go out and we help people. We'll, we'll go out and do it. You know, I'm a, I'm in a, I'm a financial advisor by by trade, and then by night I'm, <laughs> I'm an exorcist. That's a <laughs> you know, I'm not a superhero or anything like that. Just you know, people, there's not a lot of people, not even a lot of pastors in churches want to deal with evil. And so I'm just the uh, resident exorcist around Michigan. So, uh, you know, people call on me to answer questions or to handle a case or something like that um, of possession. Um, so something happened a couple of days ago. First of all, like I said, I don't hate people. I love people. I try to love people the best of my ability. Um, it is hard for me to to love someone when they're coming against me, but you know I try to understand their point of view, and I understand that a lot of anger and is a result of pain and what they what they say. So a couple of days ago. Uh, let me put the, pull this up here on Facebook. Um, a couple of days ago, Jared, my cousin, 
he he tagged me. You probably still see the the tag in Chris Williams's uh, Facebook page. Uh, tagged me on a post that she posted up. It was an image, and it says, "Burning sage, and the kids start whining. I can't breathe. I bet you can't, demons." You know, it's funny. It's hilarious. But Jared tagged me in that because he knows how I feel about smudging. And what I'm the type of person I am is like when it comes to a Ouija board or smudging or anything that has to do with the sage crap, I I get angry. I get frustrated. And I <laughs> and Clay knows that about me too. But I um I couldn't help myself, and I knew it was a joke. And, you know, I, I told myself I'm not commenting on anything like this because I know how the paranormal community reacts. And I, I commented, I said, I wish people would stop using sage. It doesn't cast out demons. Well, lo and behold, because it's who I am, and some people took that offensively, and it didn't mean to be offensive. I was just making a statement, and the whole thread blew up. People were calling me a hole, effer, um, effing troll, that kind of thing. That was not my intention. I just made a statement. The, those people blew things out of proportion. And what didn't help was that Chris added a little bit of fuel to the fire. And she posted an emoji with a hand to the forehead tagging me. And, uh, and she was tired of the whole demon thing and everything. Now, here, here's the thing about, about Chris and I. We don't know each other, but we've met and we've talked, and we actually have a lot in common. One being that she's into genealogy, so am I. She's into family history and history, so am I. I love the fact that uh, my ancestors fought with King Richard the Lionheart during the Third, Third Crusade. I love the fact that my surname means priest of the Holy Orders. I love that history about myself. I feel that everybody should know their family history to know who they are. And I know that she feels the same way in some fashions. And I know that she has some reservations about the paranormal community as well. And because she's, like like me, has seen some things going on in the background of what producers do. And so those reservations that she has, and that's why... Uh, she left the paranormal community like she did. From what, from what I hear from others, and the fact that I left from the paranormal community as well is because of all the quote-unquote BS. So then she posts up on the 16th this comment on Facebook. Ask me why I haven't jumped full force back into the paranormal look at some of the replies on my last meme 
when I started, there was skepticism, common sense, rational thought, debunking, etc. Now, pure effing weirdness, peddling belief as fact. Everything is written off as a demon, zero debunking. It it does my head in. As someone who went from Ghost Hunters, no BS, to Ghost Hunters International, BS stunts like bloodletting, got front row seats to the BS that's allowed on some shows, and I personally don't want to be trapped in that level of nonsense again. Be warned, you throw words like demon, demonic, portal, around with me, willy-nilly, you will get an eye roll from me. If that pisses you off, don't know what you, what to tell you. You liked me for my honesty in the past. So I don't know if that was directed to, to me or not. Uh, I think that's more the people that who, who commented. Um, now, here's the, here's the thing. Um, first of all, I like Chris. I think she's very cool. Um, I like the fact that she likes genealogy, she likes history, and the stuff that she creates is just awesome. And I'm not bashing her. Um, you know, I would take a front row seat to defend her against others who want to, because, you know, the stuff that I have heard that she's been through, um, I understand that. As somebody who has counseled people in the past, uh, mostly women, who have faced abuse, um, that's uh, something that uh, I take I take seriously. Um, but here's the thing: the paranormal community is divided, and you can see it pretty much in the shows. Actually, through two two major sh- television shows. Um, before the paranormal community. Um, there was some genuine researchers, and you know that's from like uh, Hans Holzer. Um, he was a, f- a popular one. Um, he actually was one of the ones who started the idea that there are dead people in haunted homes, and he has recordings of them, and he quite literally proved it to a lot of people, and people were believing this. And because he has a background in parapsychology and uh, educated in England but the thing is about Hans is he it was a lot of people don't realize don't know this about him that he's a high priest in the religion of he was a high priest in the religion of Wicca um, so he had a belief and he was trying to prove his prove his point um so no offense to the to the Holster family family about that because I know that what I'm gonna say here is gonna get some backlash. <laughs> so be prepared, Clay. Because <laughs> it's the par- it's the paranormal community. Oh yeah. Um but and then when the show the uh well so basically the the church and I'm talking about the whole body of Christ, uh Orthodox, Christian, Protestant all uh, had been teaching 
um, except for the uh, the Catholic Church, the the idea that um, the fact that there are no dead people in homes, basically teaching exactly what the the, the scriptures teach, that the dead don't speak. When you die, you go to heaven or hell, and um, demons are in disguise. And I'm sorry about that, Chris, but I know that how you feel that everything can't be demonic, but it is. And if you believe, if you believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus said, "If you love me, keep my commandments. If you want to be my friend, be my commandments. God, obey my commandments." And uh, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a, a, a workman, really dividing the word of truth. And the Bible has been proven archaeologically. Uh, science is actually catching up to the Bible. There's a lot of, I mean, for God, crying out loud, the, the Bible spoke that the earth was a spear sitting on nothing in the book of Isaiah. And at the same time, the science at the time believe that the earth was sitting on a giant turtle. Um, like I spoke about in episode one, you know, the, the, uh, the reason why uh, the Jews wait, waited to circumcise their boys was because they didn't have the capability of blood clotting. And it was spoke about in the, bottle, in the, in the Bible. And um, so now today, medical science has caught up to the Bible about that. Actually, in the in the uh, in the Torah, we read about how when somebody was sick, they were quarantined. A lot of people don't know that they were set outside the tribe of uh, in, of Israel during the, those times, and they were quarantined. If you were sick, you were put outside. You were, and then you were. You know, you were uh, helped medically, and medical science has caught up to that. So, um, the Bible talked about the creation of light and light uh, being of different wavelengths and and uh, stuff like that. And uh, you know, science has caught up and found that well, wow, there's infrared, gamma rays, and and all this other stuff, ultraviolet within light. And so, uh, creation science, if you ever sit down and read creation science, uh, according to the Bible, you're going to find out how much science is catching up to the Bible. And a lot of scientists, one of my good friends, <coughs> uh, Dr. Ryan Hooper, a uh, physicist, has worked for the government. He had, uh, um, he went to... Michigan State, and then later on to Notre Dame, and became a physicist working for the government. And now he's a uh, assistant professor, and he is also a minister of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He's a physicist. Think about that. A lot of scientists are moving over to intelligent design because they're finding more and more evidence that. There has to be some sort of being or some sort of intelligence in the design of all this creation. So that's something to think about. That um, you know, I mean, one of the when I was evangelizing out on the street, I loved 
One of the favorite people I love to talk about, talk to, were evolutionists. Because a lot of people were telling me, well, aren't they the hardest ones to talk to and evangelize to? I'm like, no, they're actually the easiest. Because they have no idea. I used to just keep taking them back. I used to talk to them and say, well, where did man come from? Oh, we came from apes. Where did the ape come from? Uh, it's possible, because they always say possible, or likely, they are not positive. They actually have have to have more faith than a Christian to believe that crap. And then, well, it's possible that they came from some uh, you know, evolutionary background and evolved from some fish from the ocean. And Okay, well, where did the fish come from? Uh, probably it's from some primordial ooze. Well, where did the primordial ooze come from? Uh, well, there's some some bacteria and some organisms, possibly. You know, where that's where the bacteria and organisms come from? Uh, uh some some gas. Well, where'd the gas come from? And you start to see them getting stumped, and then they start. They try to quote other scientists, uh, you know, the best that they can. They have no idea, and then they would just take them right through the law, because Paul said the law is perfect in converting the soul. And then I would take them right to the gospel message, and they would present Jesus to them, and then they would, okay. A great example was I remember. Every Saturday night, I used to go out and evangelize on the street, and there was two atheists that we encountered. And Pastor John, at the time, he was my executive pastor, uh, started talking to one atheist, and I looked at this other atheist, and I said, um, so you're an atheist? He says, yeah. So you believe in evolution? You believe? He's like, oh yeah, it's a scientific fact. They always say that, even though it's the theory of evolution. Theories can be disproven. I'll get the research and how it works here pretty soon. We talk about the paranormal community. And it's me. Yeah, it's scientifically proven. Okay. Well, I said, well, if you believe that we came from apes, and apes are naked, right? Basically, in, you know, even though that they have hair, and you know, but you still see their junk. He's like. Well, yeah. I like. Well, if you believe that we're animals and we were, we come from apes, then why don't you take off all your clothes right now and walk out in the street naked? He's like, excuse me. I I pointed at the Bible and I said, this Bible tells me in Genesis when we, Adam and Eve were created, they were naked. But then when they ate of the forbidden fruit, they saw that they were they saw their shame in being naked and they started putting leaves on as clothing and God later clothed them with animal skins and pointed at his clothes and I said that's still evident today by you wearing clothing he didn't know what to say so I showed him God and I showed him the evidence of the Bible scientifically that the Bible is accurate and on the nature of the afterlife the Bible continually says and it hasn't changed the dead know nothing. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. 
the Bible mentions there are only two types of spirits. Listen up. Angels and demons. Some in the paranormal community say that when we die we can become angels. That's not what the Bible says. Angels are separate, non-corporal beings that are created by God. They are our, you could say, brothers and sisters. And we are not to have a relationship with angels. If I had people tell me, oh yeah, I got a relationship with... I remember this one guy at my paracon, he came up to me and says, yeah, I have a relationship with the Archangel Michael. Do you? And I said, no, I don't want to have a relationship with him. And he looked at me weird. Because I, you know, I'm an exorcist. And why don't you want to have a relationship with him? I says the only relationship I want to have with an angel is being out on the battlefield on the front line and watching those planes go over and bomb the enemy. The angels are the ones in the planes. That's it. I don't know the pilot, and I don't care to know the pilot, as long as they save my tail during an exorcism. Because if I if I start opening myself up and talking to an angel, I know the demonic is going to try and come in. And angels do not want to have a relationship with you. I guarantee it. They only want to send the message from God, and the only relationship they care to have with is with God. They don't care to have a relationship with humans. So, and the Bible says that the devil goes about the earth as a roaring lion looking for its prey. The Bible also says the Holy Scriptures penned by the Holy Spirit that the devil disguises himself as an angel of light, which is a representation that evil spirits will appear as anything to get your attention and to warp your reality. So yes, Chris Williams, Everything that you go into is in some fashion, at some sort of level, a demonic entity. And they're deceiving you. I'm sorry to say that. I'm, I'm not sorry to say that. It's truth. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, you can't just accept or pick pieces out of the Holy Scriptures to believe in. You have to believe in the whole thing. And, uh, you know, we like you, Chris. And I'm not attacking you. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're an awesome person from when I, when I met you before. But that's the truth. And that's what the church accepts. You know, the Catholic doctrine, even, I've had people tell me, well, what about purgatory? You know, in the, in the dead, walking around in a form of purgatory? No. According to Catholicism, even in, in purgatory, the final destination is heaven. Purgatory is the belief in a separate place other than earth. A kind of like a waiting room where you're taught the Holy Scriptures until in salvation until you're ready to go to heaven. It is not being on earth waiting around and um, to go to somebody to come in and to help you to leave to go to into the light. That's all a bunch of BS. So, um, but yeah, that's what happens in the paranormal community. It is a backstabbing uh, community, you know, full of people that are, um, and I get it, 
Um, you know, I remember one guy saying on there that he uh, was a pagan because he, um, I forgot what his, the other reason was, but uh, he he talked about one guy talked about how, um, uh, what was it? How he believed that Christianity made things worse in places, and he got caught into places. Anyway, there's a lot of people. He got called in. Yeah, he got called in to to fix the situation. Um, I just I shook my head and I'm like, well, you know, anywhere in the occult, in Islam, in Christianity, any religion. There's always some person, some know-it-all, who thinks they know everything and is going to try and fix stuff, and they do things wrong. Um, that's why you want an educated person to do, do the job right. But the reason why I got in the occult, and I see a lot in the paranormal, is because of pain. Um, at first, I was an occult. I mean, I was an atheist. I hated God. They didn't want anything to do with God. Um, I could tell you why you're an atheist because you're an atheist because you know if, if you were there is a God then you wouldn't be able to do the things that you want to do. It's the reason why there are, are atheists. And there's no such thing as an atheist. Everybody is an agnostic who claims to be an atheist. So I became an occultist because I saw some stuff that was pretty wild and I wanted that power. So the reason why people enter into the occult and all this stuff, you know, and find something other than Christianity is because they either want power, they had a painful experience in Christianity, and um, they just, uh, that's all, or they, they grew up in it, that's all that they know. Or they're looking for something, something different, or they want to figure things out on their own. That's dangerous. I know because I've been there. I had spirit guides. Found out later that they were demons. I found out the hard way. Um, yeah, I, w I did sorcery. I'm not proud of it. You know, I read the Keys of Solomon. Um, dug up anything I could to try and uh, conjure up spirits and send them off to people who do harm. Yeah, I did that. I don't, I don't, I'm not proud of it. I used to um, use energies and use spirits to be a, you know, I remember in high school, sit there and try to put stuff in people's heads, and it worked. And I remember one of my, my tricks that I like to do was to get uh, get people just to get up from class, ask the teacher if they could go out to their locker. they go out to their locker and just sit there and not even sure why they went out to their locker. I always thought that was funny to do. And I was like, oh man, pardon my language, this shit works. <laughs> and it does. I'm not going to lie to you. The, you. the spells, you know, using spirits, demons, to do this stuff, having, getting stuff told to you by spirit guides, works. Demons talk to each other. When you have a demon, and another person has a demon, and you go and you meet each other, your demons are going to talk about you. That's what mediums do. 
Mediums have demons. They call spirit guides. There were, in the ancient times in the Bible, they were called familiar spirits. Well, they're called familiars because they are familiar with you. And the mediums would go and talk, talk to each and they would, oh, okay, let me uh, see if I can um, talk to your dead uncle, uncle Bob. Um, yeah, he died last year, didn't he? Yeah. Is because they're listening to those demonic spirits fill in their head. And if you listen to, I believe it was episode two, where I talk about mediums and psychics, and you're going to listen to some some mediums about their experiences, real mediums who turned to Christ, and they found out just like me, oh, it's demonic. They're demons, and I was deceived. Ultimately, I found out the hard way because I suffered from demonic possession. Witnesses saw a black mass shrink into me. There, there was a, a guy um, stood up and tried to stop the situation. Apparently, I picked him up with one arm and threw him onto the uh, coffee table, and it broke into pieces witnesses said that my eyes turned red and then it tried to run out to the kitchen where people with my body and people tackled me and because all I remember all I, all I remember was trying to summon up the the spirit from the boards that the ladies were were using to call up the spirit named Sam and uh I blacked out as when I was trying to figure out what they were going to get the answers, play a trick on it, play the, get the answers before they could spare, spell out on the Ouija boards, which ultimately started working. And then um, I blacked out. And then when I came to, I was out on the uh, porch with like five people holding me down. And I watched my right arm come up uncontrollably and meet a guy in the face. He was sent back. And I did everything I could to gain control, and that's how, in that spur of the moment, I found out that if you clench up your lower lower back, they can't get in. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is working. So I started doing that more, and I started finding myself getting my composure and more control. So I had got a lot of hidden knowledge just from that possession, and I share it with people that are possessed. And I'm sharing with the paranormal community because what you're doing is dangerous. You don't know what you're doing. You're getting demons. You're doing Reiki. You're putting demons in people. You you're doing you're doing mediumship type stuff and psychic stuff. You're talking to the dead, and you're only going to make things worse for yourself and others, and you're giving people a false hope. You know, because I thought it was great to be able to talk to the dead. Um, yeah. See, what was that? Like, what, what you went through there and uh, starting to tinker into the occult, like, 
many out there that do now, and uh, the pity of that is they were going to kill you. And that's the exact same thing that's kind of going to happen to anybody out there now. Mm-hmm. That's dealing with the culture, using Egypt words and, and stuff. But eventually, they're going to come call them, and they're going to possess you and try to kill you. Yeah. So there, uh, when the paranormal community came about, there was uh, basically, you know, the, of course, the first show was Ghost Hunters, and it grew in popularity. And people started seeing that, oh my gosh, you know, this I have these same experiences, what are these? And they started to find uh, and get those questions answered by, of course, um, Jason Haas and Grant Wilson, teaching that they um, were... You know, dead people, and uh, when really that they were just demons in disguise. And I have an identical memory, and I remember my first conversation by email with Jason Haas, and he probably doesn't remember it. Is I I uh, I remember asking him, you know, what is the end result? You're getting evidence, and you're presenting it to people, you're just telling them that their their place is haunted. And he replied, and I still remember that to this day, Greg, we, we get the ultimate, we do get the people help in, in return um, when we, we get the, when we get evidence. And I just didn't, I stopped the conversation right there. I was very critical of what he was doing. And a lot of people started to be, because they didn't like, because they started getting ratted out and uh, and discredited for what they were doing. That's partially the background of Chris Williams. And like her, I experienced producers too. Um, I remember on the Dead Files, um, they didn't show what actually kept the demons out in the home. You know, I they wanted to film the Orthodox incense burner I had because it looked cool. That's what the producer told me. This looks cool. We want to film this. I asked the guy, or I asked the woman, do you not want to show, like, what I'm going to do to the house that's actually going to keep them out? And they said, said, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, it's kind of similar to what the Jews have on their front doors called mezuzah and some, some Catholic priests and other uh, ministers in the in the Protestant community practice it, taking scripture and and stuffing in the cracks of the outside of the home, and saying blessings and that kind of thing. In, in short, and he was and she was like, uh, "No, we won't. We won't film that." And so it gave a false perception to people that the incense burner was what cast the the, the demons out and kept them out. And uh, so that wasn't shown what I actually kept them out. Um, one producer I worked with on a movie, um, he, uh, I asked him, like, well, okay, and he made me look like a fool in the movie. I asked him from the beginning, he like, okay, you're going to get evidence, and you're going to show it to me, and then before I do anything. He said, yeah, we can do that. So then... I came in and he filmed me because he's like, can you wear your collar so it looks nice and stuff like that? And I'm like, okay, whatever. 
and he wanted that look. And so I came into the home, walked around, and that's what was being filmed. And then afterwards I said, okay, you're going to show me the evidence, right? And I'll come back and we can cast this thing out. Because I want, I, want, I want straight up evidence. And some of the, uh, one of the uh, clips in the movie, you see me looking into the room, it's because I heard something. But they, you notice that all the furniture moved in there and everything, and I couldn't tell if somebody actually went in there behind my back when I was downstairs and actually moved stuff. So I was quite skeptical about that, and he never got back with me to, to show me any evidence, and then the movie was presented, and I was so disappointed because... You know, personally, I could have gave him some more, a lot better stuff <laughs> to show than than that. But he just, he wanted to get that out, but he wasn't patient enough. And he's a great guy; I like him. But that's just how to show you how producers work. Another one, another event was much earlier. One of the Johnson brothers and Tracy Bacon and I were going to have our own show. It was going to be Possession, and I didn't pick that title. Uh, the producer did, and she she bought all this get up and had us wear it, and she wanted me to wear the collar, and um, there's just there was just a bunch of stuff, skeptical stuff in the background that was going on, and and so I get Chris's point of view. Now one Halloween special on Ghost Hunters, Grant got caught. Uh, faking evidence. It later came out that the producers were actually doing stuff in the background. Not all of it, though, was was faked. But you know, to get stuff to happen to show, they had to produce something. Now, one of the one of the shows I admire. So so, uh, let me get let me continue there. Here. One of the shows that I admire is. Uh, actually Ghost Hunter, or Ghost Adventures. My wife hates that show. And at first I thought Zach was an idiot. But the more that I uh, I saw that he was doing, and, and how he was presenting everything as demonic, I started to like him. <laughs> and still this day I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I actually like the show in a way but the only thing that he can fix is get rid of the mediums get rid of the psychics and the other problem is is uh, just as a counselor just as a deliverance minister as an exorcist and having experience with people having emotional pain Zach's got a lot of emotional pain somewhere and uh I believe that's why he acts the way he does, and he's susceptible, excuse me, to uh, the spirits that are around him when he goes into homes and places like that. Um, so, Zach, if you're listening, you know I'm more than willing to help you with your emotional pain and help you to to fight anything that you're uh, you're fighting. Um, so that became Ghost Adventures became the other show. And it became even more popular than Ghost Hunters. Partially because women thought that, and still think to this day, that Zach is very handsome. (laughs) 
Um, so there is that divide between the paranormal community and the paranormal community between ghost hunters and people that believe that everything can be demonic and ghost adventures where everything is demonic. But yet, ghost adventures can, can fix those areas. You know, like I said, get rid of the mediums, get rid of the psychics, and just go with it. That you know, tell the truth that it is all demonic. Um, so there is that divide, and then you have uh, you know the the mediums, you have the the Reiki people, and you have the Wiccans, you have cultists in there, pagans, and so when they all they all mesh and give ideas and that's when stuff hits the wall and um, people bash. I've had other exorcists in the paranormal community um, bash me. Christian exorcists. Uh, one in particular in the past was James Long. Um, um, but he was, remember when he was calling people ass clowns? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he told me I was. He was what? He told you you're what? That I was crazy. Oh. I was a nut job. I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I sure that I'm sure that if you sit down with him, have a long conversation, um, he's a he's a nice guy. I'm you know I say that about a lot of people in the paranormal community. You know. He, People need to sit down, understand each other. Um, you know, I personally, I won't have anything to do with this long. And uh, but, like I'm, like I said, I'm sure he's a nice guy. And I'm sure he is. He has a heart for people. But if you wanna, but the thing is, for me, you can tell the difference between a real exorcist and one who's in it for fame. Um. Uh, an exorcist seeking fame will pretty much get into the, into the spotlight as much as possible and brag um, and uh, and put on a show a real exorcist will evangelize and will get bashed by by everybody and so I've always been bashed, and I've always told people I'm an evangelist first and an exorcist second. Because with me, you're going to get God. You're, I'm going to bring Christ into the room. And sadly, the paranormal community doesn't want that. I've been told before, like, we're not going to have you at, your, at our con because you're going to cause too much of a too much of an uproar. And some people don't want you there because of your beliefs. I'm like, well, aren't you Catholic? Because most of the people that put on cons that I know of are are Catholic. 85% of of Americans are Catholic. Yet 54% of Americans believe that they're, they're ghosts. And the Catholic Church is somewhat on the fence about dead people walking around but yet they teach that there are no ghosts there's there's demonic entities so that's something to think about but mostly in the Pro- protestant church 
in Protestant, Protestant churches, everything is demonic. And pastors are going to teach that. So, that's the paranormal community in a nutshell, and it's sad. Um, I just uh, wish that people would, you know, stop the bashing. You know, this is, you're in something that's temporary. It's not, you know, I guarantee you the paranormal community is not going to last forever. There has actually been an influx of people re-entering the paranormal community because it was it was dying off. Remember that? And I mean, and the ghost hunters, the, the show went away, and it actually came back with Grant Wilson, and then uh, Jason Haas got his other show, Ghost Nation. And so they were they're separate, and Ghost Adventures just kept on going. Because it was this the most popular paranormal show in in the paranormal community. So it's yeah. I mean, I did not appreciate um, you know Chris letting them bash me like that, and you know I, I I'm not going to ask for an apology because I know I'm not going to get one. But you know, I just don't. I'm not associating with her anymore if she's going to do that. And it's sad because we have similar views about the paranormal community. I know that if her and I, say, got together, got a show going, we would be putting the producers in their place. Okay, we're going to go have Tom go over there and we're going to make a bunch of noise and we need you guys to pretend like there's actually something going on. I'm pretty sure that her and I would be like... We're not doing that. If there's nothing going to happen, there's nothing going to happen. I'm sorry. What, what was that one? I don't. I don't remember. It was only on for either half a season or or one season. It was the same with the um, the team. The leader of the team was a uh, an officer, and the show producers wanted him to do other stuff to produce ratings and he said he wasn't going to do it they ended up leaving they stopped the show oh I don't know you know um yeah he he told it how it was too if, if the people were lying to him he confronted him too and said don't lie to me I'll leave right now yeah uh, yeah you know if he was a New York cop or a yeah, I, don't, I don't remember. It was a while ago. I don't remember even the name of the show. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you from just from experience that uh, uh, that, that producers they want you to do certain things just so that, that it looks cool and they can and they can make money off of it. Yeah, boost the ratings and. Uh, like you know, both both producers at that time they wanted me to wear a collar, and the majority of the time when I do an exorcism, I don't wear a collar. If I, if it's an occult spirit and they're not recognizing authority, for psychological purposes to help the person um, that I'm counseling to get that you know under, un, you know to receive that authority, so that the demon can feel it through them. I'll wear a collar. 
you know, just for authority purposes, and because it's, you know, you don't have to, but just for authority purposes. Because when you become an exorcist, you need two things. You need authority, and you need power. And you get the authority through Jesus Christ by understanding the scriptures and getting the what he says about casting out demons and authority into your head and understanding it and then you get the power through the Holy Spirit and you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit make sure that when you get baptized because there's only one baptism you're supposed to receive the, the Holy Spirit when you're baptized and if you don't then you'd be have, have a pastor or somebody who has the Holy Spirit lay hands on you um, so I had a, a Baptist minister up near Mesick, Michigan, lay hands on me and put the Holy Spirit in me. Um, and it's not necessarily identification, you know. You know, another thing that gets me is speaking in tongues, that glossalia. I believe speaking in tongues is xenoglossics. I've seen so many demons babble like that, like the Pentecostal church do, and it just... You know, I don't do that around me because it's, it's it's gibberish, it's babble, and the Colossians says that God is is not the author of confusion. You know, the whole speaking in tongues. Try and make a whole, uh, long story short. Corinth back then was a region in which a lot of people of different dialects came in into that region. And so when Paul came in to that church, he was just blown away that there was people in the congregation that were listening to the gospel message of another language, and they didn't understand what the preacher was saying, and vice versa. And then there was other people in the congregation that were praying in our language, and nobody knew what everybody was talking about. And so they correct the situation because it was causing confusion, Paul is saying, okay, even if you speak like the angels, I don't care, or whatever, there needs to be an interpreter. That's basically what he's saying. It's like, if you're going to preach the gospel message to your congregation, you need to have an interpreter. And if you're going to pray, uh, go, go by yourself and pray. And what's sad is some of the Christian denominations took that as oh there is a speaking in tongues and 1 Corinthians when it talks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit you know two of them is speaking in tongues and the other one is interpretation of tongues that's what that applies to speaking in tongues because I know that and and Peter talked does it in book of Acts he spoke his language and the Holy Spirit and, and dwelled in the other in the crowd and interpreted what he was saying to them so they could hear it that's speaking in tongues and then when interpretation of tongues is when somebody is you know a group of people don't know what a person is saying because they're speaking our language and you have the gift of interpretation of tongues so you can hear what that person is saying, the Holy Spirit is telling you what they're saying, and then you can relay that to the rest of the group. That's what that is. 
So it's not this blah 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 blah. He said that you should accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's not speaking in tongues. It's not. Um, so uh, another thing is is that uh, to moving on is Jason Haas and Grant Wilson they got caught so it doing fake stuff I'm sure that they've correct that, corrected that now um, but what I admire about Zach is that he's actually caught people faking stuff on his show and he doesn't allow that kind of stuff and I'm pretty sure he's his own producer um, so, um, the other thing about the paranormal community is everybody's about the research. Well, here's the thing. As, as somebody who is, who's educated, has done research, formed hypothesis, you have to come up with a theory, come up with a hypothesis, Test your hypothesis. Do experiments. And if you take an introductory to psychology, then you understand what research, how to do research. And then put your write write your paper. You know, have a big old ab- abstract at the beginning of it. Write it in. I don't care. Uh, MLA. Write it in M- a- AMA. AMA. Uh, APA. Whatever doc style you want. Publish your paper for others to read, and then your hypothesis has to be tested to become accurate. And it has to be repeatable. So people in apparel, not I'm saying everybody, some people, or most, have this warped idea that, oh, I can go into a home, do paranormal research. That's not research, folks. And some people who actually use the instruments that, you know, you as an electrician, Clay, don't know how to use them. Oh, this is spiked up, so it must be a reading for a ghost. And what's funny is if you know people in the parapsychology community, they laugh at the paranormal community. Because they're actually doing research. I've read, read a lot of their papers. I actually did a lot of research, read a lot of their papers for my book, my upcoming book. And so it's, the paranormal community is not a scientific community. And they're not proving anything. I mean, hell, they can't even decide, Clay, on the definition of what a ghost is. I remember reading that in one, one paper in parapsychology. They can't decide on uh, what a ghost is. They have ideas of what a specter is, a poltergeist, a, um, <clears throat> oh gosh, what else is there? Uh, residual haunting, all this other stuff like that. So a lot of what Hans Holzer said, uh, did is very, very related today what the paranormal community is doing, even though he was a parapsychologist. And what he did is not actually parapsychology. If you ever talk with a parapsychologist, a real one, you'll know that they don't use mediums. 
like Hans did. They use instruments. They use scientific uh, instruments. And uh, they're psychologists. And um, that's, you know, I would rather personally prescribe to parapsychology and the facts that they bring in the, through the science rather than what the paras- paranormal community is doing. Why? Because, like I said before, the science is actually catching up to the Bible and parapsychologists are actually starting to prove the Bible. A lot of people don't know that in the paranormal community. They're finding, they're finding out stuff that is like that the Bible has already said. <clears throat> so, and the church. So let's talk about the church and what the, par- the church thinks of the paranormal community. Um, I, I posted up a video not too long ago from a pastor talking about um, talking about the paranormal community, <clears throat> and it's pretty accurate. And basically, the, the church community is concerned about or, yeah about the paranormal community about what they're doing because the church community knows that they're dealing with demons. They don't know what they're doing. And and uh, the pastors in the uh, in the church community just shake their head at these shows because they're teaching it falsely. A lot, of, a lot of churches they won't they won't do anything or you know, they'll, they'll preach but preach against the devil but you will very rarely hear it in sermons uh, but you know they won't even preach about anything you know about spiritual warfare or anything anymore that's sad and I mean they should be you know I right now I, they should be out in their churches every Sunday talking about these shows because they're deceiving the, the public. And a lot of those people are going to church and they're confused. And uh, they need to take care of their flock. The pastors, the priests, they need to sit down and, hey, let's have a discussion about this this, this sermon. I had a chance to talk to watch Ghost Hunters the other night or Ghost Nation or the holster files or whatever show out there and let's talk about that we're going to talk about spirits and open up the bible and discuss what it says 
and guarantee a lot of people are going to come up out to see the pastor afterwards and like, oh, thank you, because I was so confused. I know what you're talking about. I watched that show the other day, and, you know, now, yeah, now I know that, yeah, they're evil spirits. They're actually evil spirits in disguise. Yeah, thanks for reaffirming that. That's all they need to do. I mean, it, the, the reason why I've told many people this, I ask a lot of people in the paranormal community, I'm like, do you read the Bible? Well, I've read some of it, or I've, uh, no, I don't really read it. I know I should get to church, or I don't know, I don't. Read the Bible. Go, go to a Bible study and learn what the Bible says and what it says about spirits. And I've heard it, heard it too in the paranormal community. Well, there's more than one way to translate the Bible. No, there isn't. It's man who has created different doctrines and interpretations of the Bible. There's only one. And, and as a, speaking as a theologian, educated theologian, most theologians will agree there is only one way to interpret the Bible. Now, if you want to get technical, let's talk about that for a moment. There are four interpretations of the book of Revelation. There are f five interpretations of the, uh, the, uh, the tribulation. Those are what dif differentiate among the Christian churches. There are doctrines that are created by by man through interpretation of what the scriptures say. But in context, when you take the history, the culture, and what is happening at the moments of the writings of those of those scriptures in the Bible, you have to take all that in context to understand what's going on. A great example is like what Clay and I just talked about about speaking in tongues. I told you the theological fact, according to history and the culture of the time, what, what Paul was actually referring to when he wrote that about speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians. So, but there are those who, when they were finding different, uh, different denominations like Pentecostalism, they interpreted it differently. I'm good friends with a pastor over in Pinconning, and he believes that is speaking in tongues. But he's a powerful preacher. I'm not going to debate with him because he he's good at coming against atheists and what they say. And uh, we we've together we've come against atheists together as a big powerhouse. Uh, but we've we've debated him and I together before, and he's like, "Well, I've seen." I seen a lady that was when somebody prayed that way, speaking in tongues, as it was cured by cancer. I'm like, well, I didn't see it. And I don't believe it. So, and how long did how long ago was that? Oh, it was years ago. Okay, well, do you still know them? Are they still all right? Oh, I haven't talked to them in years. Okay, well, there's still a lot, still a lot of doubt there. So. That is a Trojan horse doctrine that got into the church. Um, so, I think um, 
I think next podcast, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have uh, do the tools. We spent a lot of time on talking to the paranormal, about the paranormal community. Um, but um, you know, in the next podcast, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is do do prayers to create anointing oil, holy water, blessed salt, and I'll even say the prayer that I use to kick demons out of a home. And what I want, I'm doing that because uh, according to John 14, 14, <clears throat> Jesus says, ask anything in my name and it will happen. And so what I want you to do when I say those prayers is you can turn the volume up and have it, have it by some water and pray and ask Jesus, you know, I ask according to John 14, 14, that this prayer would be applied to this water and you'll have holy water you'll have anointing oil and I do that because I can't help everybody you know I'm in one spot I want to help a lot of people a lot of people ask for my help ask for advice and so this podcast is just a way of helping you that will help you to create the tools and get the education that you need to become an exorcist or to help cure yourself of demons and we'll go into another podcast too. We'll actually we'll sit down and counsel you. And um, you know, if you're feeling possessed, or if you are possessed, um, get uh, feel free to contact me. And you know, you can reach me a lot better on Facebook and contact me. And we can get it right on the phone here, just like Clay is, and we can do some counseling. And if you don't mind being right out in public about it. So, anything you want to add, Clay? Um, no, this is very uh, interesting. It's probably a lot of listening to you with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I just I laugh, Clay, because I've been there like a lot of people in the paranormal community doing this stuff, and you know, my past self would be so excited to be in the paranormal community and and it would be interacting with all these people, but today I'm I really don't care to or not. Um, I don't care to have a show. I don't care to have even this podcast. I just, uh, I just do all the stuff to help people. You know, I want to help people. Um, but eventually, eventually, a lot of people are going to get bit in the butt in the paranormal community, and they're going to rush to people like you and I who fully understand what's going on. Whoop! And. Uh, and then that will uh, that will open their eyes up, you know. Like I'm glad that a lot of people, that I, a lot of groups I've talked to, and even pulled out the demon in front of them, have opened their eyes, you know, to that false doctrine that is going around the paranormal community. And you know, unfortunately, they shut their groups down because they don't want to deal with demons. And some of them are still going because. You know, they want to help. They actually want to. They turn around and want to help people and get evidence and and teach people what to do to get rid of them. So that's what it should. That's what it should be. The ones that 
you're talking about the exorcists that are out there that are doing it all for like a uh, uh, show and, and everything. Uh, they probably need to familiarize themselves with the sound of scale. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. That's a good example. Yeah. 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 I mean, we had the group that was doing the same thing, and demons uh, didn't recognize them, and they jumped down and tore them apart. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Those who are doing it for show or meetings mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And, uh, and the demons are, are going to tear you apart. They're going to follow you home and not you. They're going to attach your family and yeah. everything. So. See, what, the, what, he's re, what Clay is referring to, I believe, is in Acts chapter 4. Correct me if I'm wrong. And what happened was there was these Jews, of a, you know, these sons of this, this priest that uh, saw the disciples going around casting demons out of people. They're like, oh, yeah, we could do that, too. And so they went in, and they had this guy, and they cast out, you know, they tried to cast out his demons. And the demons came forward and said, well, Paul we know, Jesus we know. Who the hell are you? And they attacked him. And they ran out, ran out and, you know, screaming, scared. You see, when you... Yeah, when naked. <laughs> and when you go... What, what that's referring to is when you are evangelizing and you are spreading the gospel, demons see that. They hate that. And you, they know that when you do that, they see that you have power. And what Paul, you know, read, the, read, the, read Paul's history. Paul, you know, the, read the, basically the whole New Testament to find out, you know, just what Paul's life was like. They knew him because he was spreading the gospel, and he had power. And what what that's like in the demonic world is like a police officer. Um, the The authority is the badge, and every Christian has a badge. You know, when demons demons see that, they they know you're a Christian. They're like, "Well, yeah, he's got a badge. He's got authority." But if you don't have the gun, you don't have power. And the police officer is a, is a good analogy of that. You can have authority, but, you got, but if you don't have power, they're not going to recognize it and they're going to come against you and attack you. They'll go home with you, haunt you, torture you, and uh, you're going to be scared out of your mind. So you gotta have power, and you get that with the Holy Spirit. You gotta have the Holy Spirit in you to do this kind of work. So, so we'll end this podcast, and uh, um, the next one uh, help you that those that are listening to create your tools, help you to create the holy water. You know, we'll, we'll go through some prayers to bless some bless some water, so you have holy water. And you have anointing oil, and you have blessed salt, and I'll even read off the prayer that I use to kick demons out of a home, so that way you can turn it up, and you can say aloud, uh, in the air, I, I ask, and according to John 14, 14, that this prayer that G.P. Hager is about to say be applied to this home. And, uh, 
and you go in every every room and um, and as I'm saying that prayer and, and let it apply and it, it'll work and the uh, was the centurion came to Jesus and said all you got to do is just say the word and it will happen and he had faith he had more faith than his own disciples so you gotta have faith you gotta have faith that it will happen Okay, let's pray out. Uh, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come before you. We, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for the knowledge that you have provided for us and what you've uh, helped us to accomplish in our lives so that we can help people. We ask, Lord, that those who are listening to this podcast, uh, if they are were, uh, in the, involved in the occult, that their eyes will be open. We ask, Lord, that all the mediums, that you would touch their heart and let them know that Jesus loves them. And there are people with the same that are of Reiki and psychic power. May ask, Lord, also that you will come into the lives of those who are possessed and listening to this right now, that you will help them and protect them and let them know that your love is with them. Forgive us of our, our sins, Lord as we admit them to you and we share them with you right now. Help and thank you for protecting us, Lord, from the devil. And we 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 can't wait for you, for your return. May may your kingdom come. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.